open to Psalm 56. Today we're going to be discussing an emotion which has a way of paralyzing us, muzzling us, and silencing us. And speaking of silencing us, let's send the children to Children's Church. Thank you. Send the children to Children's Church. Today in Psalm 56, we're going to be talking about an emotion which has a way of paralyzing us. In a way, it muzzles us and it keeps us quiet when we're supposed to be bold. We're supposed to be speaking boldly with confidence, with great faith. But we have this fear, and that's the emotion we're talking about. We're talking about fear or fears and anxieties. And we learn this emotion from a very young age. As children, we fear monsters under our beds. We fear monsters in the closet. We fear monsters in the dark, musty, moldy basement. Or at least I did. I remember as a kid, always when you had to sneak down in the basement and the light was at the bottom of the stairs, you like rushed real fast because we're afraid of the dark as kids or afraid of what might be down there. Sometimes we're afraid of the silence. Other times it's we're afraid of the noise. Oh, I heard a noise in the middle of the night the other week and that makes you afraid. What was that noise? And most time, let me tell you, it's just those pesky cats. Oh, those cats make a lot of noise during the night. My cats, they love to find the water cups that the kids leave on the counter or at the table. We try to find them all, but it seems like the kids always leave a cup of water somewhere and the cats find it, and my cats love to dump it over just so they can lick it up off the floor. That's not pretty, especially when it's pop or, or juice or milk. It's not pretty. I fear that. I fear milk, spoiled milk. You know, I'd love right now to have all of you raise your hand and just share with me what do you fear in life, but I think we all fear many things. Even as adults, we fear not being good enough at our friendships, at our marriages, at our families, as a dad or as a mom, or we fear not being good enough at our job. We fear not being successful in life, not being wealthy enough. We fear the unknown. We fear death. We fear sin. Now, speaking more on the spiritual side of things, we fear being persecuted for our faith. And a lot of times that fear has a way of muzzling us when we should be muzzling these monsters, we should be muzzling these fears and anxieties instead. We fear taking our Bible out in public. We fear sharing our faith with our neighbors, with our friends, with our relatives, with our families. We fear a lot of stuff, don't we? Stuff. And in some ways, some of that stuff is good things to fear <clears throat> so that we can be better prepared in life. But in other ways, we fear things that we should not fear at all. You know, our fears come from the very beginning of creation when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. It's a consequence of that, a consequence of our sinful fallen state. Anxiety, fear, and shame entered into creation after Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And now we struggle with this fear, but there is a healthy way to deal with it. You see, we need to deal with it because God has called us all to be witnesses and to continue his mission, we must overcome our fears and live courageously for God. We must live boldly. We must overcome our fears and anxieties to experience the life and the will that God has for us. We must muzzle our fears and have confidence in our great God, and we must take control of our fears. The good news is this. The good news is we don't have to live with anxiety, with fear, 
with shame controlling us. Through faith in God's character, love, and word, we can have peace and joy. To be afraid is always a distressing thing. It weakens us, and it makes us afraid to do what God calls us to do. But one counselor said this about fear. Let me read this to you. He said, fear is a normal God-given emotion to warn us when we are in danger. There is a proper place for fear. If I am in the pass of a truck and the driver blows his horn at me, appropriate fear occurs. God made us with emotions, but never intended emotions to have more control than God and his word in our life. As an example, God says in Romans 8, 38 to 39, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. This is Christ Jesus our Lord. According to God's word, we are secure in him. And with that known, we have a choice. Are we going to accept this truth? Are we going to feel secure in the power that he gives us in his power? Are we going to feel secure even when we don't feel secure, knowing that we have a great presence in our life? Because if we, feel, if we, fared, if we fail to accept that truth, then I feel we're saying God is a liar. Now we can think deeply to that, and we should. Do we truly believe that God delivers us from our struggles? One way or the other. I was reading this week a devotion by Matt Chandler, another pastor in the U.S. out of um, the Southern Baptist Convention, I believe. He was talking about in 2009 when he dealt with a brain tumor with cancer. And somebody had asked him, how do you deal with, with all of this fear of this brain tumor, this cancer taking your life? How do you pray to God on a daily basis? How do, do you pray for healing or what? And Matt Chandler said, I do pray for healing. But how I pray for healing is this, Lord God, I know you are powerful enough to heal me today. But I also know that you will heal me eventually. So whether you heal me today or you, whether you heal me eventually... I pray that you're glorified in all things, and I pray that you use me today to do your work. Forgive me if I got a few of the words wrong. I tried to paraphrase that, but what a great quote. God does help us through our struggles. He helps us through our struggles, but sometimes we need to make sure we're praying for his will and for him to be glorified. You know, another off the beaten path, another rabbit trail that wood out there. Thank you. Fallendorf, and thank you for all you helped with that firewood. I just want to tell you this. There was a point where we dropped off another trailer load, and the group that was here stacking the wood said, Oh, no, what are we going to do? Another stack of wood. And one of our guys here joked, Maybe we should just pray that God will move it for us. Because God's word says that if you have this faith, you can move mountains. But you know what? Our faith... Our faith and our will needs to align with God's will. We need to look for what is God's will in this. And even when we're dealing with struggles, even when we're dealing with fears, we need to look to, God, what is your purpose in this? God, how can I glorify you in this? God, how can you work through this? Because God will work through all things. But back to my note. While fear can be a healthy and good thing at times, because fear... 
of getting hit by a truck is what keeps you from standing in the middle of the road or running in front of a truck. Boy, I hope my kids know that fear because we live on Main Street and they run across that street to play with their neighbors all the time. But fear can also be a bad thing as it often takes control of our lives. And anything that takes control of, of your life besides God is a bad thing. Now, other times, fear is what drives us to God. And that's a good way to handle your fear. Fear can be a great thing to increase your faith as it, fo as it forces you to realize you can't do this alone. You need a greater power. And that greater power isn't just Mother Nature or Mother Earth or some of these other spiritual things. As we look to, may this the power of this great tree or this great elephant help me to... No, our power comes through God. So what do we do when we're afraid? What do we do when we're scared? What do you do when you're dealing with your anxieties and your struggles and you don't know where to run to? What do we do when we fear that our fear, our anxieties, our issues have paralyzed us, have muzzled us, have crippled us? Because I know that so sometimes how you fear, you feel, you just feel like you don't know how to move because maybe you just feel so crippled by the fear that has taken over your life. We need to focus on the hope that we have through the love of God, the hope that we have through the salvation that we have through a loving Savior, Jesus, who went to the cross, and the great help that we have through the Holy Spirit. When we encounter difficult circumstances, we can have hope because of our relationship with God through Jesus. The only way to view present trouble, then, is through an eternal perspective, through an eternal lens. So we're going to put on our eternal lenses now, our glasses, if you will. And let's look to Psalm 56 and learn from David. And see, how did David deal with his fears when he was afraid? In Psalm 56, we read this. I'll read to you. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me all day long. An attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. Verse 3, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They store up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they have waited for my life. For their crime will they escape, in wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call. This I know, that God is for me. Now God's talking about all these enemies, all these struggles, all these problems. But David is also recognizing that God knows every day. God knows all of these enemies. God knows all these struggles. God knows all these wrongdoings that they do against him as a godly man as he's trying to do God's will. And what he's saying here, what he's acknowledging is God will have vengeance for him. Sometimes we focus too much on controlling our own problems and we want to be the avenger of our own life. But that's not our job. We need to praise God and glorify God with our life and focus on being the godly man that he wants us to be and allow God to take care of those things that we can't do. But moving on here, it says in verse 10, In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise, verse 11, 
In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Thank you. Psalm 56 there, and let me just read once more, just verse 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? We have many monsters in life. Sometimes there are worldly monsters, physical monster, monsters, emotionally monsters, monsters of our mind, our brains. But other times they're spiritually monsters spiritual monsters because these monsters seek to devour our faith pulling us away from the victory that we have in Christ but we need to remember that Christ is the true monster slayer offering us freedom through his death and resurrection Christ has been victorious over our sins and he continues to be there for us restoring a relationship for us to the heavenly father and giving us a helper in our life Psalm 56 is what some refer to as a mictum psalm, or mictum psalm, which is Psalms 56 through 60. And this word simply means that it is permanent. It focuses on what is substantial, what is enduring, what is fixed, what is permanent. David's faith is fixed on God. David's faith is fixed on God. That's what we see here. Some people have called Psalm 56 a song of the cheerful, cheerful courage of a fugitive. I can't get my words straight today. Forgive me. I'm just happy I have a voice. I've been starting to come down with a little cold and my family too. So pray for me for that. But here, here we have this. Some have called this psalm a song of the cheerful courage of a fugitive. David's a fugitive here. And in Psalm 56, we see three things. We see the godly man. This is David. We see his enemies, the Philistines here, but David had many enemies in his life. As we look over his story, his whole life, he had many enemies, and he was always on the run. We, too, have many enemies in this life, and we're often on the run. The battle is a constant battle against numerous enemies because there are many enemies of God, and there's many enemies which want to devour our faith in God. The battle was a daily battle, and we need to remember that. The world, the flesh, the devil, they are all trying to separate you from God and the hope that he brings. But number three is this. Number three of what we see in Psalm 56 is we see times of fear, but we also see a trust in God which goes beyond the fear. An overwhelming trust in God which overwhelms the fear. Now, one other pastor said you could also break this, down, this psalm down in three other parts. Very similar, but a little bit different. It might help you. He says, number one, fear and faith. Number one, Psalm 56, verses 1 through 4, talks about fear and faith. David's fear, David's great faith. Number two, the destroyer and the deliverer, verses 5 through 9. And number three, trust and thanksgiving, verses 10 through 13. So we've already talked a lot about the enemies of both our lives and God's lives. Now, I hope that your enemies are a little bit different than David's life. Now, here in Psalm 56, as we said, David is running for his life from the Philistines who are trying to capture him. 
David, this godly man, is running from enemies that want to oppress him, that want to persecute him, that want to endanger his life. Now, I don't think anybody's running after you like that. I don't think you're running through the desert, running through the forest, looking for a cave to hide in. But I do think that we do have fears and we're afraid of other things. We listed some of those things, but we don't need to focus on, the, on that anymore. David is a man that knows trouble. Let's focus on David for just a moment. David is afraid. He is scared. Fear is hitting him hard and on every side of him he feels trapped. He doesn't know where to go. His enemies are surrounding him. Where would we go? Where do we go? Because I think we can learn from David here on where to go when we're scared. David does not allow his fear to cripple him. David does not allow his fear, his monsters, to muzzle him or paralyze him. David has a great and overwhelming confidence in God, and instead of allowing his fear to muzzle him, he muzzles his fears as he says, when I am afraid, I trust in God. I trust in God. You know, I, I think, I feel that at the root of all of our struggles, all of our fears, all of our, our anxieties is this. The problem is we do not have a clear understanding of who the deliverer is. If we had a clear understanding of just how powerful and how great our great God, our great deliverer is, I think we would not allow our fears and our anxieties to control us so much. David had a bold faith, a bold confidence. But even David struggled. Even David had fears. As we look to this Psalm 56, 3, it says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Now notice, it doesn't say that I never struggle with fear, but I will still trust in you. It doesn't say, one time I was afraid, and I trusted in you. What it says is, when I am afraid, I trust in you. What that means is, he was afraid more than once. What it means is, he struggled with being afraid, just like all of us do. He struggled with fears, but we all have different fears. We all have different anxieties. We all have different struggles. But when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Now, one pastor said this about fear. He said, when fear strikes, the battle begins. When fear strikes, the battle begins. That's something we can use to our own life. When fear strikes your life, do you see it as a battle? Do you step up to the battle equipped and ready to fight? Or do you slip into the darkness? You see, we have a fight or flight response. But sometimes this response gets a little fuzzy. It gets a little get, bit confused. Sometimes we find ourselves fighting battles that we're not really meant to fight. Sometimes we busy ourselves with things that aren't worth our time to fight. Sometimes it's people just trying to rile us up. Other times it's battles that we're trying to fight, and it's not our fight to fight, it's God's fight to fight, and we need to welcome him into the fight we need to ask for his help sometimes we may find ourselves fleeing into darkness when these battles arrive but we often fail to recognize that our power to fight is not found fleeing in, into the darkness it's found fleeing to God our power is found both in fighting and in fleeing but we must both first flee to God and allow him to fight with us. 
fight by his presence, fight by his power, fight by the word, the truth of his word that he gives us. Our, pow our power to fight fear and whatever comes our way comes through having a confidence in God that will not be shaking, shaken and fleeing to him. You see, God does not intend for us to never be afraid. God knows we're going to be afraid. But God does intend for us to go to him and his word for help. God's, God gives us instructions. God gives us guidelines on what to do when we struggle. What to do when we're anxious. What to do when we're afraid. One of these is 1 Peter 5, 7. We need to cast all of our anxieties on him because he cares for you. This should bring you great comfort. But notice again the wording here. It doesn't say to cast one struggle, one anxiety on him. It doesn't say, I once casted my anxiety. It doesn't say you get one get-out-of-jail-free card. It says cast all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. God cares for you. God loves you. It's normal for us to be afraid at times. It's normal to have anxieties probably even every single day. What's normal, not normal, is for us to allow these anxieties, these fears, these struggles of life to control us. Anything that controls you instead of God controlling you is not right, is not good. The issue is, how do we deal with them? How do we prevent our fears from taking control of our lives and paralyzing us, muzzling us? And this is how. Maybe. To combat fear... To muzzle our monsters and work through these fears, we need to look to the eternal hope that you have through your loving God. I want to encourage you to look to John 3.16 again this week. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to die for you that you might have life. You know, we often use that scripture, that verse, to, to lead us into a new relationship with Christ, with God, to have victory over our sin, to have life, to be delivered. But this verse isn't meant to just be used once. I feel we can look to this verse and we can look to all scripture, all truth, to see that God is a deliverer to us each and every single day of our lives. Yes, God has saved you. In fact, God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die for you to save you from your sins. So how much more do you think he wants to continue to deliver you, to continue to be there to save you today? Each and every single day, we can continue to look to him. This gives us a future hope to look forward to. It shows us the power of God and just how far he went to save you. Psalm 56, looking back there again, but moving forward to verse 11, it says, In God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? That's meant to tell us that God is more powerful than man. God is more powerful than anything you struggle with here in this physical world. So we need to find our trust in him when we are afraid, just like David does. David is not muzzled by the fear. He's not crippled. He's not paralyzed. And we shouldn't be either. God is your deliverer. And we should find great hope in recognizing God is our deliverer. What does that mean to you? Whatever fear you struggle with today or on a daily basis, I plead with you. Pray to God. Cry out to God and say, God, you are my deliverer, and I know in your power I will get through this in one way or another. 
In your power, you will be glorified in all things. And even in this, you will work. You will work. That's hard. I know there's been times in my life, and I'm relatively young, I know that. But there's times in my life where I just have to remind myself, God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. God is good, guys, and he is your deliverer. Both at the point of salvation, restoring your relationship with the Heavenly Father through Christ Jesus and the power of the cross, through giving you this helper in your life through the Holy Spirit, you can look forward to an eternal hope with him. You spend your life for all of eternity with him, and these fears of the day are nothing in comparison to that. So as you combat fear, as you combat these monsters in your life, I want to tell you to get out of the shadows. Our fear has a way of driving us into the shadows and hiding in our homes, hiding under our beds. Isn't that kind of ironic that as kids we were afraid of the monsters under our bed, but now we tend to hide in our bedrooms under our bed. Maybe not physically, but I think you know what I mean. We go into hiding when we're afraid. We do unhealthy things with our anxiety, with our depression, with our fear. We need to run to God and recognize it's okay to be afraid, but it's not okay to allow that to control you. Focus on God and the eternal hope that he gives you. We're supposed to be reflecting the light of Christ for the world to see his goodness and mercy, and we cannot do this in a closet. We must be in the world, but not of the world. Fear may be making you want to go into hiding, but God doesn't want us to hide away. God wants us to trust in him and his power, his confidence, his power, and his presence in your life. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Focus on that point right there. God is with you. God is with you. You're not alone. You're not alone. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has given you a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. You can get your fears and, and anxieties in check, but not alone. You, know, you need to focus on the power that he brings to the table, the power that he brings to your life. So I want to give you four steps to combat your fear. Four steps, and I wrote them up on the screen for you. Number one is this. You might have to summarize a little bit. Number one is this. When in battle against fears and anxieties, remind yourself that the one fighting beside you is also the one who created all things. Colossians 1.16. So when in battle against fears and anxieties, remind yourself that the one fighting beside you, the one fighting really the battle for you, with you, is also the one who created all things. Number two, when in battle against fears and anxieties, remind yourself to fight God, find God moments. We talked about that in Vacation Bible School this year, to look every single day in every little thing, look to find God moments. Look to see how God's working. Even in the bad things, even in the terrible things, we can find God moments, but you need to look for them. Number three, when in battle against fears and anxieties, allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. Allow the joy of the Lord to be your strength. Even in those times when you don't know what's going to happen, you're afraid of the unknown, you're afraid because you have no idea how you're going to get through this. 
you can be joyful in knowing that the Lord will be your strength. And number four, when in battle against fears and anxieties, remind yourself that where the spirit of the Lord is, freedom is. You have freedom. And fear can no longer control you if you have surrendered it all to God. God is all-powerful, and he can take it all away. But we must surrender it all to God. So I ask you today, what have you not surrendered to God? What, have you, what are you holding on to? Have you surrendered your life to God? Have you truly had that salvation moment, that moment of conversion, that restored relationship with the Father by saying, Lord, I need you. I'm a sinful human being, and I need your forgiveness. I need the power of the cross, Jesus, to save me. Have you asked for him to do that? Because if not, you need to start with that. But maybe there's other control issues in your life. And I'm speaking from the pulpit here, but I'm also speaking myself because you can ask my wife, my family. I am a control freak. I am OCD. Everything has to be a certain way. I drive my wife nuts on Saturday nights because I have to have everything sat out just perfectly, ready to go for the next morning. And it, I think I got out of bed five times last night because I forgot, oh, I want to do this. Here's how terrible it is. I've got cough drops in my pocket. I sat out three cough drops on my nightstand next to me, and then I got it back out of bed because I wanted to get another three cough drops out, but a different type and put that next to it. Then I got out of bed again. I'm telling you, it's bad. Because I wanted to set some cough drops out in my book bag and next to my chair where I prepare for my sermon in the morning so that's all ready to go in the morning. When I'm planning on making breakfast before I study my sermon points in the morning, the night before I set out the skillet. I set out the pan spray. I set out my coffee cup. I like to be in control. We need to surrender that control over to God, guys. Boy, oh boy, do I do it daily. And daily, we need to surrender it all to God. No matter what present trouble you may find yourself in, remind yourself of the eternal future you have through Christ. Remind yourself that you're not alone. Remind yourself that when you're afraid... You need to trust in God for help. He will bring you wisdom, comfort, and strength to get through it, to work past it. And sometimes that means we're going to endure it. But we know that he will give us the wisdom, comfort, and strength to endure it to the end. And we can look forward to the eternal hope that we have through Christ. Charles Spurgeon said, The ultimate aim is not to escape anxiety, but to allow it to usher us into the healing presence of Jesus Christ. Allow it to usher you into the healing presence of Christ. Don't try and do it on your own. Recognize how much you need God. Church. Church, as I wrap up, I just want to say this. I want to touch this last major point. We are all part of the united body of Christ. And by being part of the body of Christ, it means we're not meant to do this alone. We're not meant to live through all these struggles alone. We're meant to help one another. So I encourage you, a couple practical steps that I was talking to somebody about just this past week. We need to find someone who we can confide in 
with your struggles, with your fears, with your anxieties. Now, in the past, I've called that an accountability partner. You might just call it a friend, a good friend, but whatever you want to call it, we need to keep each other accountable. We need to challenge each other. We need to convict one another, but we also need to make sure we're encouraging one another. And sometimes we can be so judgmental of our friends and of our neighbors and of our strangers that we forget to lift one another up. I'm a man who loves to joke with people, and maybe you've seen me joke with you guys, but I've also found that sometimes I need to make sure my joking is uplifting. Because as a guy, and I think a lot of us guys do it, we like to give each other a hard time, but sometimes, maybe even all the time, we need to make sure that our words are uplifting and wholesome to bring them up. There's a lot of people in this world, there's a lot of things in this world that are bringing us down. We need to be there to help one another. But not just us. That second part of that, and most importantly, we need to surrender ourselves to Jesus for help and allow the Trinity to be our help each and every single day. His presence, his power, his victory saves. Jesus saves. And Jesus said in John 14, 27, peace is what I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give to you. I do not give it as the world gives. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. Trust in God. Look to the eternal hope that you have through Jesus Christ the Savior and a eternal, an eternal hope through him. Look to the Spirit in your life for guidance and for help. Proverbs 3, 5-7, if you're still taking notes with me, says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. Again, that was Proverbs 3, 5 to 7. And the last point, your take home is this. Ask yourself today and every day, faith or fear, which will have more power in my life today? I found these by a biblical counselor, and I just had to share them with you. Truth or feelings, which will have more power in my life today? God's truth or my wisdom, which will have more power in my life today? We need to have confidence in God and look to the eternal hope that you have through Christ Jesus, your Lord and Savior. How do we combat fear? How do we combat anxieties in our life? How do we combat all of our struggles, really? How do we muzzle our fears? How do we muzzle our monsters instead of allowing them to muzzle us, to keep us quiet, to keep us from being bold in the faith? By having confidence in God and looking to the eternal hope that we have through him. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for even this great man of David who is a man of great faith, a man who from his youth fought giants, fought Goliaths. He was a man of great war and battle, and nobody would ever think he was a man of fear. But he was afraid as well, and we all struggle with fears, Lord. I thank you for letting us see, David, that he was afraid, but he trusted in you. And as he trusted in you and your word and your promises, he could find strength for today. He could find comfort he could find wisdom for how to move on. Your word is powerful. It's powerful. May we look to the eternal hope and promises of your word and to our salvation through Jesus Christ as Savior. 
to help us with all of our fears, all of our anxieties. Lord, may we not allow them to control us. May we allow it to be like that moment that one counselor said that fear can be a good thing because it what, it's what keeps us from standing in the middle of the street, in the middle of a road. It's what makes us scared when a truck horn blows at us and we jump out of the way instead of just standing there. Our fear can be healthy, Lord, but may it not control us. May we give the control to you. It's in your holy and powerful name we pray now. Amen. Mm-hmm.